Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hello, Rush Nation. Welcome to Fast Action Friday, week 16. For many of you, it will be the semi-finals. For some of you, the season may already be over, but for some of you, yeah, we could be looking at some serious action before the finals coming up next week. Uh, as you can see, it is just me here today. The chaps aren't here. Family life has understandably taken precedent with it being so close to Christmas. So I have given them the Christmas off. And I've managed to find some time uh, to squeeze in in between stages of making a chocolate cheesecake for tomorrow night celebrations. It's a shame they're not here because I know that um, Lewis is fighting on well in some a lot, of, a lot of tournaments at the moment. And myself and Pitsy would have loved to have reveled in our hard and victory in the five yard champions of champions, which uh, came to a head at the end of last week. We came out over some incredible analysts and fancy football players, including the big man himself and the previous champion. Pian Martin, the lucky fantasy guy who we met in the final. It was a tough one, but we managed to uh, to pull the victory out with the bag. Um, but yeah, that's that's uh, all in the past now. We're going to look forward towards week 16 and let's move on to the first game of the slate, which was Thursday Night Throwback. So last night's game, Jags. At Jets, two teams who had an outside chance at the playoffs going at it at the start of a wet and windy weekend. Uh, and as a lot of people expected, the conditions did affect the game script. And it was the Jags who came away as the winners, 19-3. to um, And it was also a tale of two quarterbacks. We had the long hair and the Lothario. Two sophomore quarterbacks moving in two distinct career directions, in my opinion. Firstly, Trevor Lawrence, very much on the up. Um, 20 completions off 31 passes. Uh, for 229 yards in very trying conditions. I imagine a lot of people took the under um, and it was nice to see that he did get over that uh, that yardage amount. He also ran seven times, 51 yards and a beautiful leaping touchdown to end a really tough drive. It's only the fourth time in his career he's run over six times, so it was a, quite a pleasant surprise. He was fumbled on a strip sack early, um, so it was a good bounce back and Trevor Lawrence pulls another victory out of the bag, which... Puts him on a nice little run now. 
Um, unfortunately, on the other side of the ball, the quarterback play held the Jets back, in my opinion. Uh, Zach Wilson got the start again, and it was far from a stellar performance. 50% completion rate, uh, so 9 of 18 uh, attempts were completed for 92 yards and one interception, and he had one carry from one yard. And he was benched for Chris Streveler in the second half, who ended up having a much better performance, probably because there was no pressure on his shoulders. He probably wasn't expecting to play uh, and came in and threw uh, 10 for 15 for 90 yards, ran nine times for 54 yards, and he did fumble once during his drives. But, you know, quite a heartening performance to know that another of Zach Wilson's uh, backups can help the team out from when it's uh, when it's time for Zach to leave the field. Uh, offensive coverage, it was, again, expected to be a low-scoring game. The, the line dropped steadily towards uh, Thursday night, uh, and it was limited pickings to choose from such a low-scoring game. And it was the Jags' offensive players who came away with the biggest fantasy scores, uh, including Evan Engram, who I think has really found a connection with Trevor Lawrence here. He passed a 100-yard point for the second time in three games. It's not often he passes 100 yards. It's happened maybe five or six times in his career, but two times in three games must show a kind of connection going on here seven of eight completions for 113 yards and that's 18.3 points in standard ppr leagues even before any tight end bonuses so a really nice uh, performance from him especially if you're coming towards the tail end of your charity leagues and you're still alive so looking good there travis Etienne also saw 14.2 fantasy points on three receptions for 29 yards and a further 83 yards on 22 carries um Funnily enough, Riley Patterson, the kicker, came away with more points than all of the Jets' offensive players. Um, that was four field goals out of five, an extra point, which would have got you 14 points in a scaled scoring system. So if you had him in, uh, pretty good start. Quick glance at the Jets show that Michael Carter was the highest fantasy point scorer with his five receptions on 44 yards, making up the majority of his 10 fantasy points. Aside from that, pretty much a wasteland uh, for the Jets team and everyone else on the Jags. Defensive coverage, low scoring game, normally means a good floor for uh, DST scoring. Uh, and we've seen times where big plays come in and give the losing team a bigger score. And the Jets have actually normally been the big play defense. Uh, sadly, wasn't the case this time. Only one sack and that sole force fumble and recovery early on, that gave him five points. The Jags defence, however, pulled out three sacks, two forced fumbles with one recovery, and they only conceded the three points at the start. So 16 fantasy points, a great start for any team who confidently started the Jags against that moribund Jets offence. Let's move on to the injury report. So no offensive injuries of note from Thursday night, at least on the last look. So straight into the rest of the slate. Quarterback injuries. Jalen Hurts' um, shoulder injury has been confirmed. He's out as of yesterday, which leaves no doubt Gardner Minshew. He is the starter against the Cowboys this week. We can uh, kind of smell rumours of Jalen Hurts going out as uh, some lines started disappearing. I know that Stacey had an inside track. He let me know about that as soon as he saw. And then the news came out a couple of minutes later on our end. So good spot, Stacey. Uh, Josh Allen, uh, he was limited with an elbow injury, but uh, full practice for the rest of the week from Tuesday. He was good to go. And Lamar Jackson, he has been ruled out against the Falcons this week with a knee injury, which does help fantasy managers who have the chance to make these early changes. Knowing a far in advance has definitely helped. Problem is, Tyler Huntley is also questionable for this game. So if you had him coming in as a replacement, make sure you pay attention because he may not start either. And this isn't an injury, quite a quite a, um, 
a difference in what we would normally do. But Nick Foles is the cult starter for the foreseeable. Um, Matt Ryan is out. So if you have Ryan in, adjust your lineups accordingly. For running backs, CMC um, has been on and off this injury report with a knee injury. He was limited on Tuesday, but he is clear to play on Saturday against the Commanders. Always start your studs, in my opinion. So CMC is uh, good to go for me as well. Nick Chubb, he has had a foot injury, didn't practice Tuesday or Wednesday, but was limited on Thursday. And apparently, according to Kevin Stefanski, he looks good. So he'll be good to go on Saturday. And uh, I feel as though the um, the matchup is a bit favourable. I mean, thinking about it, it is against the Saints. So again, I'd say start studs. Ramondre Stevenson, he, is a, he was a stud coming in last week as well. Didn't, the game didn't end as well as it could have done for, for Patriots fans. He was limited Tuesday and Wednesday with an ankle injury, put in a good shift against the Raiders, came in as questionable for that game, and he is questionable again for this week. So um, one to watch out for, watch out for those late swap, swaps. Wide receivers, T Higgins, he's on again with this hamstring injury. It's It's been on and off for the last few weeks, and we know the Bengals have been in a bit of trouble about uh, misleading injury reports going into games. I know Lewis and Murph spoke about it last week. He was off the injury report on Wednesday and Thursday with a full practice. So this could actually be uh, the real deal. Uh, Chris Olave, however, he has been ruled out after not practicing Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday. And now Javis Landry is on IR as well. So that's an underwhelming season ending for Landry. Juwan Johnson, he has been a, a nice slot in. Um, for the Saints offence in the last few weeks. And I, I feel he's a must-start because of this. And then we've got Debo Samuel. He didn't practice Tuesday. And then he didn't practice Wednesday, Thursday, but he's seen jogging on the sidelines. No practice means he's going to be out as well. So you've got some other players you can choose from in that Niners offence. Finally, we've got tight ends. David Njoku, he's been on and off the report with his knee injury as well. He was limited Tuesday. No injury designation going into Saturday. It looks like he's going to have the go as well. Hayden Hurst has been a key part of that Bengals offense when they've been missing some wide receivers. But he's been out for the last two weeks with that calf injury. But he has been limited Tuesday and Wednesday. He's hopeful to be back. He is listed as questionable. If you need to put someone in and he's available, pay attention because you might have to put him in. And then finally, Dallas Goddard. Shoulder injury. He's just been activated off IR and he has no injury designation. It's great news for those who've missed him the last few weeks, especially if they need him for the playoffs. And there is a past connection with him and Gardner Minshew, who is also starting this week. So Dallas got to come, come in and make an instant impact. We have got weak points next. As we talked about last week, no buys. Everyone is on the cards here and we'll start again as always, with the weakest against quarterbacks. The Lions, still top of the pile here, 23.8 fantasy points, and they are at the Panthers. And Sam Darnold has come back in to rejuvenate the offense again. And we know what connection he has with DJ Moore. So uh, I reckon Sam Darnold could be in for another good game here. We've got the Dolphins in second, 21.8 points, and they are against the Packers. Aaron Rodgers had a lovely Monday night game, you know, Pass the ball around. Could he help Christian Watson get back on the, the score sheet after missing out this week? And then the Titans are in third with 21.3 points. They are at, well, the versus the Texans, who are playing a bit of a committee quarterback approach at the moment. So you've got um, quite a few to choose from. Could be quite risky to pick one of them in particular because you don't know what their, what their snap counts are going to be. Weakest against running backs, the Texans are here on the other, other side of the ball. 
28.3 points, and they are, as we just said, playing the Titans. So Derek Henry could be in for some good work here. You've also got Hassan Haskins, and I believe you've got Julius Chestnut there as well, who are floating about. So if Derek Henry you know, gets a bit tired, you can always plop in one of those running backs in some very, very, very deep leagues. Second place, you've got the Seahawks with 26.2. They're at the Chiefs. Pacheco is running the ground game here, but it's Jarrett McKinnon who's making a really big impact with his pass catching. Um, it looks like he's been running back one for the last two weeks, and he has got a really good chance here of working against this really leaky Seahawks run offense. Third place, we've got the Browns, 28, uh, um, 24.8 points there against the Saints. Alvin Kamara has been a bit of a worry for some people, but this is a really good matchup for him to bounce back. They've also got David Johnson as a backup here, but he uh, he fumbled the ball last week, so I'm inclined not to trust him. Weakest against wide receivers, we've got the Titans in first place with 34.4. They're against the Texans. Chris Moore, he's making a huge impact. And um, Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks, I believe, have both been ruled out of this game, or uh, questionable at least. So Chris Moore and Philip Dorsett, I believe, is the, the second guy. And Myra Rogers is in there as well. So three players there who you might want to take a swing at, especially against this weak Titans defence. Lions are in third. We've already said Sam Darnold uh, is the boy throwing the ball. DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall are the men catching the ball. On the other side of thing, don't know why I said boys to men there, but that's what happens. Uh, DJ Moore has got that particular connection with Sam Darnold, and this could be a good week for him, especially if he hasn't performed for you early on in the season and you've kept him and not traded him away. Vikings are in third position, 33.41 fancy points a game. They are against the Giants. So you've got Darius Slayton, you've got Richie James, and Isaiah Hodgins, he's been a kind of a sneaky play. He's popped up a few times with a few touchdowns in the red zone. You never know, you might be able to slot him in as a Fex play. Something notable here, originally Pitsy was going to say this, but the Steelers have dropped out of the top three for the first time in a long time, but they are still in fourth on 30.8. I'd be staying away from um, the uh, Steelers' defence in, in this case, like whoever they're playing, because it looks like they've drastically improved and they're keeping their team in the game. Weakest against tight ends, same three teams as we've had, Week after week, we've got the Cardinals in first place, 15 points a game. They're against the Bucks. K. Dotton has looked good as a rookie. It's not often that um, Tom Brady passes to a rookie. And then you've got Cameron Brait as well, who seems to be getting the scraps in that positional uh, fight with Cade. You've got Seahawks in second, 14.8, uh, and they're at the Chiefs. Travis Kelsey, what else can you say? Maybe you might consider Noah Gray here, who seems to be getting a, a, the, odd pat, the odd reception or two. Then you've got the Dolphins once again in third. 13 points a game. They're against the Packers, Robert Tunyon. And then maybe Mark Edis lewis could, could see some action here as well. Um, Dolphins seem to be struggling there and have steadily crept up on that top two. Finally, let's move on to Flex of the Week. So normally we have someone else who can throw in their flex of the week here but it's just me this time the flex of the week i'm choosing for is rashid shaheed he is the only new orleans saints wide receiver seem to be left standing at the moment alave is out for this game at least jarvis landry has just been put onto ir and if you look at the sleeper uh, matchups shaheed is top of that wide receiver positional list so not only has he got big play potential but he has steadily seen more targets over the course of this late season 
those completed targets have also led to huge yardage games. You just look at what, how his, how his um, the stats are laying out. It's massive green boxes for yards per target and yards per reception. Um, massive greens for yards by itself. Um, and he scored his second touchdown last week as well off, I believe it was, a long Taysom Hill ball. So not only have you got Andy Dalton throwing him the ball, you've got Taysom Hill throwing him the ball as well. Like I said earlier, Juwan Johnson is a standout performer in this lineup, but that might actually be good news for Shahid, especially if it separates at play. Shahid's got that flex playability. If people need a gap to fill, and that's why he's my flex of the week. So that's all we've got here. That's all I've got. I'm sure we'll have the, the chaps on for the last episode of the season uh, when we come into week 17. Uh, happy holidays and Merry Christmas to all of you. And we hope to see you next week. Until then, keep rushing. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PREP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PREP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.